Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Matthew 25. Have you ever heard the old saying, nothing ventured, nothing gained? Usually you think of that as a statement that applies to economics. And even, hey, if you want to start a business, if you want to make a profit, you're going to have to at some point take a risk. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. What if I told you that statement had an application not just to economics, but to God's economy as well? Well, you're going to see something to that effect in Matthew 25 today. Now, we need to remember Matthew 25 is really just a continuation of what we saw in Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, because Jesus is teaching on the Mount of Olives, but he's talking about the future. And even at the end of the chapter, he's talking about when the Son of Man is going to come back, uh, when Jesus is going to return, coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he makes it clear, you don't know when this is going to happen. So you have to always be ready. And he uses some illustrations at the end of chapter 24 about servants. Um, But then he gets into a parable that takes on that same theme at the beginning of Matthew 25. Uh, It talks about these 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a cry, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. And you see the wise then send them away to buy for themselves. But as they do, well, they miss the party. The bridegroom comes and they go and and they're not let into the feast. Now, the imperative comes at the end, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, again, I don't think he's saying watch therefore, because if you're paying attention, you'll figure out the day or the hour. No, he's saying you don't know the day or the hour, so be ready. Uh, Live in a perpetual state of readiness. And we saw in our last reading, I think some of the applications of that, uh, that we should be ready by being faithful to the mission of the gospel, not mistreating others. It warned against uh, those who started to drink with drunkards. And so all of those more explicit statements flow right into this parable of Matthew 25. Hey, you don't know when Jesus is coming back. So stay faithful, keep your life from sin, keep your relationships right. Don't be caught sleeping when Jesus returns. Then he gets to the parable of the talents. Now, to be clear, a talent, we think of, you know, a talent show and well, what talent do you have? No, a talent was a uh, form of money back in this time. A, a decent size of money. One talent was, was no small sum of uh, money. But we see this parable where a man, he goes on a journey and he calls his servants and entrusts to them his property. And it says, to one he gave five talents, to another two 
to each according to his ability. Then he went his way and to another one. So you got one guy with five talents, one guy with two talents, and one guy with one talent. And then he goes away. And you may be familiar with the story, the guy who... Um, had five talents, he goes and trades with them and he gets five more. And the one who has two goes and gets two more. But the one who has one, he buries it in the ground. And now when the master comes, he's very pleased with the one who earned five more talents. And uh, he's very pleased with the one who earned two more talents. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But then the one talent guy comes and the master is very displeased with him. Look at what he says in verse 26. You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents for to... Everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so, as you consider this, sometimes we reflect on this parable and and talk about, well, look, God's given us each, uh, you know, different abilities, because even there it says he gave to each one according to his abilities, and so we need to be faithful with what God has given us. And I think that is true, but I think we get to a even more pointed message of this parable. Uh, one study Bible even sums it up this way. It says the point is simply that being ready for Christ's coming involves more than playing it safe and doing little or nothing. It demands the kind of service that produces results. And that's where I would say if you take these passages and you see even, hey, you got to be ready. You don't know when Jesus is coming back. I think we see clear teaching saying, hey, that means we should avoid sin, whether that's mistreating other people or engaging in sinful practices like drunkenness that we shouldn't engage in. So that is true, but faithfulness will mean more than that. Faithfulness isn't just avoiding uh, the bad stuff. It really also includes being faithful uh, to do what God has called us to do. And and that's not going to be playing it safe. There's going to be, I think, an inherent risk. Risk is involved with getting a return on an investment. So, Uh, being faithful and watching uh, for the return of Christ is not going to mean, well, I'm just going to try to make sure that I don't wander off into error. Uh, No, I want to be faithful to take what God has entrusted to me and multiply it. And, And that's where, again, a theme we've seen throughout these chapters, one of the reasons why Christ hasn't come back yet, and this this we'll see throughout the rest of the New Testament too, is he's waiting for more people to get saved. So you want to engage in that mission, and that is not going to be something you can just do while sitting at home and biding your time trying not to sin, even though, hey, we should avoid sin. But God is also calling us to actively engage in serving His kingdom. And so that's where I want to encourage you to be faithful and to do things that step out of your comfort zone. Nothing ventured, nothing gained is going to be true in ministry. 
too. Now, that doesn't mean we should be reckless or or cavalier in in anything, but we're not going to be faithful in ministry just by playing it safe. And what might that look like? I mean, here's some very practical things. Uh, Share the gospel. Guess what? That, that's a lot of the times going to feel risky. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But if you're only ever going to try to feel comfortable, well, then what people won't hear the gospel? What people won't hear the gospel shared in a way that it should be shared? That's going to be a, a risky thing. Uh, serve. Serving uh, the cause of Christ in this world, that's not going to be easy. That's going to require sacrifice of time, probably money, probably a lot of emotional investment to really serve others or care for others. Or even we've seen Jesus talk about financial things in the gospel of Matthew. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. We're going to see that. That's going to be risk. That's going to maybe cause you to do things that your financial advisor might say, that's crazy. Why are you doing that? Well, because I'm not living for this life. And if you think through even sharing the gospel, serving, giving, I would hope that all of those things are activities that you can do within the context of your local church, partnering with other people to share the gospel, serving your church and the people of Christ in your church, giving to your church and and supporting maybe missionaries that your church is uh, recommending or also supporting. Uh, These are the kind of things that, hey, you should step out and engage in those things. Because do you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. And some of you listening to this podcast, you need to serve your church and you're not. Uh, Some of you, you need to step up and serve in ways that may stretch you more than you're currently being stretched. Some of you need to consider the call of God uh, to foreign missions. Some of you need to realize God might call you into more full-time ministry, and that might not feel safe or comfortable. And you need to say, hey, I am willing to take those risks because I'm not here to sit around and bury what God has given me in the ground and play it safe until Christ comes back. I am called to follow him and to serve him and to use what he has given me to multiply results for the sake of his kingdom. So a lot to learn from that parable. Uh, Finally, we get to uh, what is often referred to as the judgment of the sheep and the goats, because he talks about separating the sheep and the goats, and really he's separating um, the the wicked from the righteous. And you see even him talking about uh, how the righteous came and visited him and fed him, and they say, we didn't do these things. And he says, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So there again. Again, I will just note that how at the end of chapter 24, he warns people about mistreating their fellow servants. And here he comes and he's also talking about, hey, when you treated these other people well, uh, your brothers, my brothers, you did it for me. And then you see the opposite of that with the wicked. And you see one thing, I think this is a helpful verse to point out because if you start engaging uh, in evangelism or you start really thinking about theology, one question that comes up is, well, what about hell? 
Um, and what is hell like? And one way that people will push back against the teaching of the Bible is they'll try to say, well, hell can't be that bad because how could a good God do that? And that's where I say that's an inherently flawed and dangerous way to think when I start defining what God can and can't do. And I use myself as the barometer of goodness as opposed to God. That's a dangerous game to play. But however you want to slice it, it shouldn't be my opinion of fairness of what God does. It should be, what does he say he's going to do? And does he say that hell is something that is eternal or even involves conscious torment? Or could it be that hell maybe is just how the wicked are annihilated and put out of existence? Well, there's one verse at the end of this that I think is crucial to that question. And it says at the end that these, the very last verse, these, the wicked, they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now there, it's kind of making these two things be somewhat symmetrical, just like the righteous will experience eternal life and no one's arguing, well, they they just go out of existence. No, it is eternal. It is conscious. It is life. Uh, Well, just like that, it seems the wicked, they're going to go into an eternal punishment. And that's where that shouldn't just be a dispassionate thing. Oh, now I know why the Bible teaches what it teaches and I can win the argument next time. No, that's an argument we shouldn't be able to have without feeling compassion. And so even as we wrap up the Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24 and 25, we need to realize Jesus is coming back and there are people who are not ready. And if they are not ready, they will go away into eternal punishment. That's another motivator for us to be engaged in the spread of the gospel of the kingdom. And if you want to do that, you're not going to get that just by sitting at home and playing it safe. God is calling us to take risks. And that's what he's going to say. Well done, good and faithful servant too. And I hope that you, like me, want to hear that on the day when our master returns. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.